Welcome to the Inspiring You Show, where we shine a light on healing whole health in your lives. We believe that in healing your story, you can transform your life. We are here to provide hope, tips, tools, resources, and a community so no one feels alone on this journey called life. I'm Henry, an intuitive empath, mindfulness meditation teacher, dowsing and Reiki master teacher, and energy healer. This, my friends, is a vibrational experience, a remembering of the truth of who we are. The content is light encoded to assist your journey if you wish to receive for your highest good. Today's topic, releasing from toxic positivity program and raising your vibration. Okay, so at this point, most of us understand that we all have a vibration or life force energy that runs through our entire body. It is this vibration that determines our overall energy, aura, and the types of experiences, people, and events that we attract into our lives. Our vibration is always changing depending on our mood and the overall quality of life that we are experiencing. These daily fluctuations are normal and are unlikely really to have any impact unless our vibration drops for an extended period of time. You probably already understand and know that the key to whole health is raising your vibrations. Yet, did you know that different emotions have different vibrational frequencies? When you embody a higher emotion, your vibrations will rise. If it is a lower emotion, then they'll fall. So which emotions you embody can have a significant effect on your life? And today, we're going to talk about toxic positivity and how it may be a roadblock to raising your vibration. So... I am a naturally optimistic person and I do believe in the energy of optimism and the power of it. Yet when it comes to the word positivity, I can sometimes in my human experience feel hesitant because I had a certain lived human experience that I'm going to share. While there's certainly something to be said for having a sunny disposition in life, it's also possible to overdose on positive platitudes such as everything is amazing and I definitely had a I'm fine I'm great mottos at one point in my life that eventually led into cultivating a happy Henry persona happy Henry yes it became such a way of life that eventually everything I basically was repressing, oppressing, suppressing things that were showing up in various ways. So, and well, to understand patterning of toxic positivity in terms of programming and patterns, we're going to utilize my story as an example. So there's another part of this story that led to this. So there was Happy Henry, that's part of it. And then there's also, the other part is I'm an empath. And you may have heard the term empath before, yet what does that actually mean? And is there any scientific basis for the term empath? Or is it, as some skeptics assert, a glorified term used to describe highly in-tuned intuitive people? Well, even the most hardcore skeptics can't deny that there are people in this world that are much more highly intuitive to the needs and emotions of others that they can pick up on their subtleties that others may not be able to and seem to have a natural talent in terms of intuition. So 
empaths are deeply attuned individuals who are highly attuned to the emotions and energy of others, along with having a keen sense of awareness and perception. And if you haven't trained as an empath to actually understand the abilities, then you can easily take on the emotions of others as your own. And I definitely have been there, done that. So the beneficial side is as an empath, you have what I like to call spidey abilities or superhero abilities. You have this skill to really fine tune your radar ability to tune into what is happening on a vibrational frequency. And this for the most part is amazing. The challenge is though, um, the challenge is that you also have as an empath, very porous boundaries and if left untrained, you can end up absorbing the pain and stress of others. So empaths are sharply intuitive and are adept at reading people and situations beyond just surface level impressions. They have a keen insight into the human psyche. An empath is a highly sensitive person with a more sensitive biology and nervous system. Empaths are said to have a more refined nervous system that process more sensory stimulation than regular nervous systems. This condition is biological and scientific, not just the mere stereotype. Dr. Elaine Aaron in 1991 discovered that highly sensitive individuals make up approximately 15 to 20% of the population and seem to have more of an enhanced skill set in the realm of empathy. And one could even perhaps argue that even a better mirror neuron system for the highly sensitive person, the parts of the brain that regulate emotions are simply more responsive than their less sensitive counterparts. That being said, um, okay, so that being said, that's incredible. Yet, again, going back to if left untrained and the fact that empaths have more of a porous boundaries, if you don't have tools and skills to understand it, then you can become frazzled by too much sensory input. So in some cases, empaths may tend to be more like introverts, although a high percentage of them are extroverts or a mixture of both. Being said, empaths may need more downtime because being away from that kind of hustle and bustle of everyday life, so that way they can have that time to recharge, rejuvenate in that kind of retreat way, if you will, that can benefit them for their highest good. So fully empowered empaths are incredible emotional ninjas and a powerful alchemist. They have just learned how to tune into their power and trust their inner guidance in order to tap into the magic that is theirs that is rightfully theirs for the highest good. And usually they have had some sort of training in terms of their human experience. So I share all that with you so you kind of have a basis of understanding. And now I want to share with you what happened to me when I was a child. So as a child, I sensed and felt a lot. I had very porous boundaries and... I would go into a space and I could feel almost what was going on with each person, if you will. 
So when I got to, and pretty much, I remember the first time uh, I became really aware of it was when I started uh, first grade. I went into first grade and I could feel my first grade teacher's deep sadness, frustration, her anger about where she ended up in life. I would say, though, at that age, I was five years old going into first grade, so I didn't really have the human um, processing abilities to really understand what's going on. Now, obviously, as an adult, I can look back and go, oh, okay, that's what was happening. So, um, you know, in first grade, kids are five or six years old, and it's usually about, you know, learning to read. However, at that age, learning to read was not the only thing I was doing. I was learning how to read the energy of the room and people in it. And empaths and highly sensitive people are emotional detectives. Not only can empaths read the energy of a room when they first enter, empaths are just extremely attuned to micro changes in facial expressions, shifts in tone of voice, or how misaligned somebody's body language may be from what they are actually saying. And empaths have the ability to pick pick up on emotions of others in a manner that is adept and nuanced that is unparalleled. So when the energy in a room is high and vibrant, then the empaths can feel the full glory of it. High vibes, let's face it, I mean, feel amazing, right? On the other hand, when there are low vibes that consist of energies of just sadness, despair, frustration, judgment, guilt, envy, um, anxiety, then an untrained empath can potentially feel the shock of that too. And with that, then, if they have in terms of porous boundaries and in terms of left untrained and not looking out in terms of their own energy field, that then they can feel life force sucked out of them quite quickly because the energies of those emotions are lower frequency. Yet, they can track subtle energies as well. They feel the undercurrent of emotion in a person that others may miss, and you can feel like very varying layers of the emotions. All right, so with that, I share that because I experienced and saw a lot at a young age. I saw a I experienced and saw so much of other people's pain at such a young age, and I innately understood joy frequency could lighten up a room. I understood the energy of optimism and how it could clear and bring a vibrational of the room up. So I leaned in to my natural optimism, cheerleader persona, even more to create a defense mechanism of happy Henry. And for me, going through traditional school, if you will, there just were so many children and adults that I felt were suffering and could be for 
all kinds of different things. Um, you know, a child could come into school and feel really sad that their parents maybe had an argument or maybe they disappointed their parents in some way or maybe they were, you know, they had anxiety about um, not understanding the material. And then with the adults, it could be, you know, for different reasons. Maybe they just felt stuck in their life. Um, maybe they, who knows, it could be so many different things that they could be going through. And so for me, because I felt so much, then I didn't want to add onto their burdens. So I mostly kept silent about my own challenges. And I also had an innate understanding that I had tools and guidance to help me, yet I didn't even really fully understand how to use the tools until much, much later, until my like 20s. So this is where positivity became toxic to me. As an empath, I had been absorbing and taking in so much negative energy and at that time, I wasn't fully clearing or processing the lower energy frequencies, yet I was acting as happy Henry. Everything's great. Everything's fantastic. And any attempt to escape the negative, to avoid it or to squash it or to silence it really only backfires. The avoidance of suffering is a form of suffering. The avoidance of struggle is a struggle. The denial of failure is a failure. Hiding what is shameful is in itself a form of shame. Being in resistance to an aspect of what the human self is going through is being in resistance to a part of self that isn't then being acknowledged. Because once you acknowledge, you then have the opportunity to heal, transmute, transform, and reintegrate into wholeness to allow yourself to shift to a higher vibrational frequency. So I wasn't then even allowing myself to have the human experience of my own process of, you know, if I felt sad or if something was disappointing to my human. I basically was just stuffing it down and acting as if in terms of happy Henry because there was so much suffering all around in what I was feeling as an empath. So, and that's why too, I really, with my clients, I really um, encourage them if they are somebody who's highly sensitive and tuned, empath, whatever you want to call it, I really, and if they have, ch if they have children who are as well, then I really encourage tools, 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 learning to use tools, what is in your toolbox, learning multiple different types of tools, and really then starting to fully understand who you are in light and physical form. Okay, so what is toxic positivity? So we can define toxic positivity as the excessive in, um, excessiveness, if you will, of like a happy uh, state across all situations. And the process of toxic positivity can result in the denial, minimization, and invalidation 
of the authentic human emotional experience. So just like anything done in excess, when positivity is used to cover up or silence the human experience or in terms of um, feelings in the human experience, it can become possibly toxic. By disallowing the existence of certain feelings, we can fall into a state of denial and repressed emotions. The truth is, humans are here to learn how to shift vibrational frequencies from low to high and experience all aspects to allow them to become a master in terms of mastering their energy. So we can have experiences in terms of sadness, anger, jealousy, resentful, greedy. And sometimes life can just flat out be not so great. Yet by pretending that all of that didn't happen or that we are positive vibes all day, we then deny the validity of genuine human experience. And in terms of any of those emotions like sadness or anger or jealousy, it's not good or bad. It's just the acknowledgement like, okay, this is what's happening and it's an energy frequency, which means then that can be cleared once you acknowledge it and recognize what's happening in realization mode to allow then what do you want to call in? Because reality runs through you. This is all happening for you. So if reality runs through you, you can then, because you are a master in terms of your energy, you can then ask to clear it to then shift to a higher vibrational frequency. And that's where then in terms of setting your intention and understanding just how powerful you are in terms of being a co-creator. Okay, so let's go over in terms of signs of toxic positivity in terms of patterning and programming. Okay, so there are some common expressions and experiences of toxic positivity patterning and programming to potentially help you recognize how it may be showing up in your everyday life. Because the reality is, if you're in some kind of a pattern or programming, you may not even be aware of it. And that's one of the amazing things about being human is that you're not aware until you're aware. You can all of a sudden have an incredible moment of self-realization and be like, wow, okay, wow, this is what I'm in and this is what's been happening. And then next thing you know, with that awareness, you can do something with it. So these are some possible signs. One is hiding or masking your true feelings. Two, trying to just get on with it by stuffing or dismissing an emotion or emotions. Three, feeling guilty for feeling what you feel. Four, minimizing other people's experiences with feel-good quotes or statements. Five, trying to give someone's perspective you know, for instance, it could be worse instead of validating their human experience or their emotional experience, if you will, by being an active listener. Six, shaming or chastising others for expressing frustration or anything other than 
positivity. Seven, brushing off things that are bothering you with it. It is what it is. Um, by the way, that number seven was something that I was in for a while. It is what it is. And then let me click into Happy Henry. <laughs> and it's all okay. It's great. Oh, I just think about that. And I have a moment where I just shift to my heart and I just send love, love to that Henry, that child Henry, oh, the teenage Henry, the young adult Henry, the Henry in her 20s and 30s and 40s. Oh, I just send love to her. Send love to her. Okay, so another one in terms of uh, it can that someone can be in. Let's just talk about it. It could potentially be the energy or the emotion, if you will, of shame. So to force a positive outlook on pain is to encourage a person to keep silent about their struggles. And I, in some ways, kept like self-shaming which kind of kept me in this in this silence if you will about my struggles um you know most of us we don't want to be seen as a drag or or bad or bringing the energy down or um bringing negativity (laughs) um so when the choice is between a being brave and honest, or B, pretend like everything is going great. We may be tempted really to adopt the latter, A. I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, we may be tempted to adopt the latter, B. Pretend like everything is going great instead of A, being brave and honest. And yeah, I mean, I definitely was in, you know, in terms of, Adopting the latter, pretending that everything was going great. And when shame shows up, there is there can there can be connections or usually can be silence, secrecy, and judgment. In other words, there where there is hiding, secrets, and denial, shame is usually in the driver's seat. When shame and judgment is involved, then this is what can be happening. And shame can actually be very challenging and, and almost like crippling to the human spirit and maybe one of the most uncomfortable feelings we can feel. And often we don't even know we're feeling shame. I definitely didn't understand that I was like shaming self and what was happening to me again until I had that moment of like, like light bulb moment where I realized, whoa, this is what's happening. So here is a clue on how to know if it's there. Because I, I, I'm going over this because shame can actually be blocking a person from actually really seeing what's happening and can also be blocking from having self-realizations or having downloads because you're caught in some kind of program. So the shame could be masking. So what we want to do is then um, bring some kind of insights and clues how to know. So that way it can support you in terms of your human. If you are caught in any kind of pattern or programming like this, 
to then allow it to be cleared. So then you can shift into what you want to call in next in terms of your experience for highest good. So here's a clue on how to know if it's there. Ask yourself. So if, if they knew or if so-and-so knows blank about me, what would they think? So say if you have something that you haven't told a friend and you're really scared to tell your friend and there's shame on that. So if this friend blank, if this friend knows blank about me, what would they think? So in just asking that question, is there any feelings that are coming up? Is there any feelings of fear, anxiety? Is there any shame? Or another clue to ask is something I wouldn't want the world to know about me is blank. So if you can fill in that blank with anything, whether it be a situation, a feeling, or an experience, then there's a high likelihood that there may be some kind of shame around that. Okay, so another thing that we want to talk about then is suppressed emotions. Several psychological studies show us that hiding or denying feelings leads to more stress on the body or an increased difficulty avoiding the distressing thoughts and feelings. I mean, and really, it just makes for an overall um, more challenging experience for the human because the human is basically absorbing this and these energies, these emotions, because remember emotions, emotion are not being released from the physical body. So they're staying stuck somewhere. And so what can happen is then, um, well, let me go on. In one study, for example, rich, uh, in one study, for example, research participants were divided into two groups and shown um, some really challenging medical procedure films while their stress responses were measured in terms of heart rates, pupil dilation, sweat production, etc. Et One group was asked to watch the videos while letting their emotions show, whereas the second group of subjects were asked to watch the films and act as if nothing were bothering them, which, by the way, uh, the whole nothing was bothering them. I definitely became really good at that. Um, and guess what? The participants who suppressed their emotions acted as if nothing bothered them. Had significantly more physiological arousal. And the emotional suppressors may have appeared cool and calm. But on the inside, their stress was erupting. So these types of studies show us that expressing a broad range of emotions, even the not so positive ones, having words to describe how we feel and facial expressions to emote. Yep, that can even mean like crying really helps us to clear and release and regulate our stress response and really, really like allow you to come back into alignment to shift to a higher vibrational frequency. So bottom line is when we don't want to show a part of ourselves, 
then we can create a create, if you will, a persona, a public persona for the world, or um, I don't know, it could be like even like a inauthentic, or it actually could be like a mask for the world, a public persona or a mask for the world. And that, that public persona or mask can sometimes look really cheery with a happy smile, stating everything happens for a reason. It is what it is. It's amazing. I'm great. How are you? And when we go into hiding like that, we deny our truth. And the real truth is that in terms of the human experience, sometimes it can just be challenging. And sometimes you can feel hurt. Sometimes you can feel sad. Sometimes you just, you can feel, sometimes if you're angry and the, the angry feelings aren't acknowledged, whew, they can get buried deep within the body. And as described before, suppressed emotions can later manifest in anxiety, depression, or even physical illness, or that anger can then get buried so deep that more anger can be layered on top of it. And then eventually it could even erupt in volcano-like fashion. And you may not even know, like, where did that come from? And it's basically all this suppressed anger from all these years. And that anger can be even more hurtful to the person who is erupting, as well as in terms of potentially in terms of the people around you. Um, so it's important to acknowledge the reality of our emotions by verbalizing them and acknowledging them, you know, especially for a human acknowledging the experience and then allowing them to move out of the body. And that's really what keeps us healthy and releases and relieves us of the tension that's caused by suppressing the truth. You know, once we honor our feelings, then we can break, embrace all of ourself in terms of it, which then allows us then to shift into a higher vibrational frequency because we're then in the aspect of self-love because we're accepting all of ourselves. And accepting ourselves just as we are is the path really to a robust and healthy overall life in terms of vibrancy. Okay, so another thing is um, isolation. So in denying our truth, we can begin to live inauthentically with ourselves and with the world. We can potentially lose connection with ourselves, making it challenging for others to connect and relate to us. We might look unbreakable from the outside. We may seem really strong, Yet on the inside, we may feel scared, like little scared kids longing for a hug or just wanting a place where we can just take off this mask to be however we are. So have you ever been around like a sweet, sugary, just think happy thoughts, Pollyanna kind of person? And how comfortable are you with spilling your guts about deep emotions in terms of your feeling? Even though that person may have really incredible intentions and the best intentions of the world in terms of bringing this positivity, the message that 
they may be mindlessly sending is, only good feelings are allowed in my presence. Therefore, it can make it really difficult to express anything but good vibes around them. Consequently, you may end up then kind of complying with the implied rules of, I can only be a certain kind of person around you. I can't be myself. Which then, in terms of your relationships, you may only be able to be showing one side of yourself and not all aspects. So the relationship with yourself is often reflected in the relationships you have with others. If you can't be honest about your own feelings, how are you ever going to be able to hold space, hold that sacred space for someone else expressing their feelings in your presence, like however they are, whether they're incredible and amazing or if they're just having a moment and not such a great day. By curating, uh, if you will, you know, curating a certain way Like, it just can affect your relationships. I know for me, what happened was, um, in terms of Happy Henry, at a certain point in my 20s, I mean, I really, um, Happy Henry became extremely strong in high school and then in college. And then in my 20s, around 21, 22, I started doing a lot more um, just work with different energy healers and different um, practitioners, teachers, mindfulness teachers, shamans, uh, you name it. I probably was uh, researching to understand more tools, working with therapists. And I started realizing how, um, how limited my scope was where I could be happy Henry, yet if I was having a moment of sadness that a certain set of my friends were like, where's happy Henry? This, this Henry that's showing up right now isn't as fun. And I actually had, I had a friend say that to me once. I was going through a really difficult experience and I just couldn't put on the happy Henry mask. I just did not have the capability. And I, and I showed up in all my glory. And at that time, I was feeling sad. I had some depression going on and I had some anxiety and this friend was really disappointed that I wasn't the fun, happy Henry that I normally was. And it just, I don't know, I felt such suffocation that I, I couldn't be my true self of where I was in my human experience at that moment. And then... I just remember like, okay, anytime I saw this friend, I remember I had to kind of put it on, put on that like happy Henry. And, you know, to a certain extent, there are some, you know, when we all go out to uh, like a fine, you know, a dinner or an event, there is some aspect of like, you understand that you're going out in terms of the collective and there's a certain, you know, um, social way of being, if you will. Yet, this person that I was with, I mean, it was a close friend. It was like one of my best friends. We were, you know, we were 
you know, I was in his car and then we were going on a hike and, you know, to go get in touch with nature, to do some meditation. And, and so it wasn't like we were, you know, at this, you know, fancy event where, you know, let's just kind of smile through it. It was, we were on this path in terms of, you know, doing self-realization work, yet even within the, that, I was really confined to that role of Happy Henry. And it really, I mean, it really, A, it kind of um, made me realize that I had certain people that I had to just keep wearing the mask for. And that became a lot more work for me as I was trying to deconstruct everything in my human to release so then I can clear so that way then I could create like new ways of being that were more beneficial at that point from, you know, in my adulthood, because this was something that was cultivated as a pattern and program when I was like five and at 22, I was ready to release this so I could have more aspects of myself in wholeness. So I could walk in more authenticity as a human you know, in light and physical form in this, in this, you know, in this experience. So, okay. So, yeah. So even if, um, you know, I, just some other, so in terms of this, you know, let's just kind of go over, um, possible, um, non-topic non-toxic and accepting conscious statements because it's really about allowing yourself in the human experience to um, start to become aware and and self-realize any kind of unwise language or speech to allow yourself then to allow it's it's like releasing the unconsciousness to allow more consciousness and wise speech and communication with self and others come in so um, so if there is a statement where you or someone else says, don't think about it, stay positive, then reframing it to a conscious statement of describe what you're feeling. I'm listening. Cause if somebody's describing what they're feeling and you're listening, it doesn't mean that you're going to get caught in any kind of undertow or that it's going to come into your energy fields and imprint. That's why if you stay aligned and you stay grounded and you're in shifting from your head to your heart, you're in full protection. And by you simply being an active listener, then someone can express how they're feeling and it, it can just bounce off your energy field. It doesn't mean that it's going to come into your energy field and, you know, essentially affect you in some way that's non-beneficial it can only do that if you are subscribing to that notion of like allowing it because you have free will over your energy field it's your energy field and if there so so learning to reframe can really be helpful so reframing to a conscious statement of describe what you're feeling i'm listening and oftentimes when you're just in that participatory state of active listening, that can just allow somebody the compassion and empathy to then them sharing. It can help them release it, which then can help them shift. And not that you're, you're not doing anything. 
you're not healing, you're not fixing, you're not doing anything. It's just about being grounded, being aligned, and being in active listening and allowing yourself to shift into the energy of compassion and allowing yourself to be in that compassionate energy and not getting caught in getting into any kind of um, like suffering energy or survival energy, really letting yourself shift into compassion energy and being a compassionate listener. And when you're in the energy of compassion, it's a higher energy frequency. And so that in of itself keeps you in alignment and grounded, which also keeps you in your heart center space, which then allows you then in terms of that empowerment of your energy field to be protected. Okay, another one is that sometimes this statement can be made. Don't worry, be happy. It's also that song, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> um, so you can reframe this to a conscious, conscious statement um, in terms of wise language, wise speech. Um, I see that you may be stressed. Is there anything that I can do? And in offering that, it doesn't mean that you actually have to do anything. And it certainly doesn't mean that you're taking on their suffering or where they are in terms of their experience. It's simply you're in your heart space, in compassion, energy, in loving kindness. And maybe it's they're currently feeling overwhelmed and, you know, they just need to share what's happening. And just by sharing, they're finding clarification. Again, you're staying in your alignment and groundedness in your light. And just by being in your light, that light can support somebody else finding their truth center in their light. So you're not doing anything per se. You're just offering in terms of that compassion and loving kindness. So instead of failure is not an option, we can reframe this conscious statement. Failure may be an asset and can be part of growth and succeeding beyond what you've imagined in the first place. Through failure, we can possibly have an opportunity to reflect on what worked and then are open to you know, tinkering some more to figuring out a higher possibility for the solution. Because how amazing is that? Something even greater can be coming in. Instead of everything will work out in the end, which that is something that I have said in the past and I'm now realizing um, something that I'm also going to work on in terms of my wise conscious language speech. You can reframe this statement, this, this to a conscious statement of, this is really challenging. I'm thinking of you. Or that can be really challenging. I'm thinking of you. Instead of saying positive vibes only, we can reframe this to a conscious statement. I'm here for you, both good or bad. Because really, it's really about this. It's not good or bad, really, right? 
you, I'm here for you. Because if we're only saying positive vibes only, we then can really be limiting ourselves and our relationships and our experiences too. So instead of this, if I can do it, so can you. We can reframe to a conscious statement of everyone's story abilities are different and that's okay. Instead of delete negativity, we can reframe this to a conscious statement. Negativity, you know, can be part of the human life and in the 3D world. You are not alone. And I will say in terms of that also, sometimes I've gone through some, you know, negative situations or in terms of experience some negative emotions and I end up coming through it like learning so much and then being able to clear my human and having so much more light come in that it uplifts me to an even higher vibrational frequency and it's really incredible so I'm really grateful like I'm grateful for all the experiences so Another one can be, um, it could be worse. So instead of saying that, the conscious statement can be, I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm sorry you're going through this. And another conscious statement you can make to someone is, how can I support you during this challenging time? Um, there was a moment where I was going through a bout of depression and someone said to me, look for the silver lining. Whew. I tell you, it was a well-meaning person. And um, I have to say, though, I just wasn't in the space to even, I couldn't even see the silver lining. And I know there was a silver lining when I got through it. I couldn't see it, though. And that actually became a trigger statement for me. And I went home and I locked myself in the house and I actually went into a much deeper, deeper depression. I was swirling in a spiral of rejection, shame, hurt, and loneliness. It was really awful. I mean, the trigger was so hard and, and just so consuming. And when you're stuck in negativity and dense energies, hopelessness can show up in such a way that looking for a silver lining can be really challenging. So I would say maybe like reframing it to a conscious, conscious statement of, I see you, I'm here for you. And again, just saying something like that, it just doesn't mean that you have to do anything. You don't have to take on somebody's burdens. You don't have to, you're not there to fix, heal someone. You're just simply acknowledging them. Like, I see you. No, you're in this moment. I, I see and recognize the pain that you're in. I'm sorry. I'm here for you. And sometimes just that simple recognition for the human can really just allow them to have that hope come in, which then can support that person in shifting. So if your human has been stuck in toxic positivity patterning or programming, 
be patient because it can take time to clear and release. And also learning conscious communication is like learning a language. So anything that I've said prior where even when I was talking about, um, you know, the, the reframing, if I, I basically have said all of those as well in some place in my life, in my human experience. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Learning conscious communication is like learning a new language. And if any of that triggered you, then I would say too, that'd be something that, okay, it's an opportunity for clearing and healing and an opportunity then to bring in openness to then even allow yourself then, oh, okay, what kind of communication style do I want to be in? And possibly then, you know, downloading in terms of, you know, new ways of um, communicating in language. And for me, I had to retrain myself. And there are moments where I still catch myself because it's patterning and programming. I still catch myself saying, you know, I've said some of these things. And I'm like, oh, I got to catch myself. Um, And then I catch myself and then I reframe it. And I love myself through the entire process because it's a pattern in programming and culturally speaking, it is, it, it's like, especially if you go on social media, it is really prevalent on social media where we definitely want to be more towards the, um, the positivity, if you will. And we're kind of in that collective space of it. So it's easy to, um, you know, just kind of saying similar things and sayings that are out there, which I totally get it because been there, done that. And I still may, who knows in the future, because I'm human and I'm also clearing these patterns and programming. So with conscious communication, it's like learning language, be patient with yourself, clearing toxic positivity in terms of patterning and program. It can take time to clear all the layers. So be patient with yourself. I mean, I created the pattern when I was five, that program. So by the time I was 22, I mean, it was running like a well-oiled machine, if you will. And um, I had several upgrades to my, uh, to my systems in terms of my programming. So it was a lot of unraveling. And there were a lot of moments where, you know, I had, I had to learn. And I was definitely vulnerable along the way trying to figure out as an adult things that may have been more, you know, the things that may people have learned in high school or elementary. I was then not only learning tools, really how to use my empath abilities, but then also how to unravel this pattern and program to clear it. So that way I could be freed in terms of my human experience to call in something else that was more or highest good for me at the moment. Because remembering at that time that pattern was created in that program, it was for my benefit. It was for my highest good. It was for my protection of my human at that time. So I have gratitude that I did cultivate it and I went through it. Okay, so that being said, another helpful tool to understand is the energies of emotions. So you probably already know that the key to spiritual health is raising your vibrations. Yet, did you know that different emotions have different vibrational frequencies? 
when you embody a when you embody when you embody a higher emotion your vibrations will rise if it is a lower emotion they will fall so which emotions you embody have a significant effect on your life by the way everyone my dog is talking in the background so you may hear her boo boo says hello everyone i'm not sure if you can hear her or not but she's she's doing a little talking <laughs> um so when you embody a higher emotion your vibrations will rise if it is a lower emotion they will fall so which emotions you embody have a significant effect on your life and it is measured in hertz so with dousing energy healing we utilize a pendulum so we can measure this the hertz symbol is hz and it's it is the derived unit of frequency in the international system of units which is si and it's defined as one cycle per second it is named after heinrich rudolf hertz the first person to provide conclusive proof of the existence of electric magnetic waves so it is beneficial to check out where you're sitting on the scale so in terms of the energies and emotions of shame guilt apathy and grief that is between 20 and 75 hertz and these are the lowest emotions on the scale that are the ones based around the lower chakras and again it's not good or bad in terms of um that their emotions it's all the experience in terms of the human experiencing that being said these emotions in terms of because they are the denser emotions they can be like paralyzing emotions which could potentially drive you to inaction if they go on in terms of creating patterns and programs this is what makes them a lower frequency than the next group so what can happen is we can feel bad about ourselves we can feel sorry for ourselves or feeling nothing in terms of um you could feel numb could place you at a lower vibrational frequency in terms of emotions and this can be challenging then to climb out of like the way of thinking your thinking can be you can be spinning in your thinking so that so when you actually clear yourself this can actually help raise your vibration all right so the next set is desire fear anger and pride that is a hundred to 175 and 75 in terms of the hertz these this set of emotions is around ego unlike the first group these are active emotions that drive you to action yet they can also drive you to lower frequency choices actions and behavior people acting out of like that fear programming or pattern or in terms of the unbridled desire anger to protect their pride may not have may not make rational higher frequency beneficial choices and desires because they may be like in that kind of survival programming if you will that fight flight mode um, however they can act as motivation for higher purposes and progress so they aren't entirely negative emotions um, pride does sit at the top of the group making it very close to 200 hertz which is generally thought of as the midpoint as humanity vibrates at roughly this frequency okay so the next step the next ones are 200 to 350 hertz which is courage neutrality willingness and acceptance this is moving above the 200 hertz mark and we have rational higher emotions these emotions are all controlled intentional and mostly neutral and if you have a vibrational frequency above 200 hertz then you're contributing to the overall raising of humanity's vibrational frequency 
Noticing also that we're moving up through the chakra system, these emotions are strongly connected to the solar plexus as well as the heart and throat. Um, the next set is 400 to 600 hertz, which is love, joy, peace. And this next group is about as high as most people can maybe go to in terms of vibrational frequency of their emotions. These emotions are the highest sacred, sacred emotions that vibrate at a high frequency. When you're in these frequencies, you definitely can feel the difference. You might even find yourself, um, if you might find yourself just more grounded, aligned, cleared, etc. The 700 hertz is enlightenment. Enlightenment isn't quite an emotion, yet really it's a state of mind and has the highest vibrational frequency of all. Um, so basically, when you're in this level of vibrational frequency, you can have incredible effect in yourself and overall humanity. And you're definitely in the flow in terms of abundance, peace, joy, love. And you're in that effortless flow. And it just feels really amazing and incredible. Um, okay, so alignment is your level of connectivity between you and your inner being. And alignment is being in agreement with your true self, your soul, the divine part of who you are. Vibration is your magnetic frequency. All things in the universe are constantly in motion vibrating. Even objects that seem to be stationary are in fact vibrating, us resonating at various frequencies. Your vibration then is your own frequency. Vibrational alignment is the process of aligning with a specific vibrational frequency. The vibrational frequency with you which are aligned depicts the, de depicts the type of experiences you attract. As you align with a specific vibrational frequency, you experience that vibrational frequency through your thoughts and experiences. So as you think about having an experience, you experience the vibrational frequency of that experience and actually actually have the experience just as you would if you were experience occurring in your physical reality. Also, as you align with the vibrational frequency to find the feeling of the fulfilling of your desires at that moment, you feel as if your desires have been fulfilled just as you would if your desires were to be fulfilled in your physical reality. As a result, aligning with a vibrational frequency through thought is equal to aligning with a vibrational frequency through experiences. And both paths provide you with the same life experiences. So when you feel as if you have what you want or feel as if you are who you want to be, you really do have what you want and who you and you are who you want to be at that moment. You're always aligned with a vibrational frequency and the one you are aligned with is the vibrational frequency you focus upon. So when you are focusing on the vibrational frequency of your desires, thoughts, and points of focus, that makes you feel as if your desires have been fulfilled and you are at that moment aligned with your desires. Why this matters. How you feel in any given moment impacts your vibration. The level of your alignment is not what defines manifestation. It's your vibration that defines your manifestation. So when your vibration is high, not only do you feel better, it also allows you to become a better manifester and creator of your destiny. A high vibration also strengthens your immune system and can protect you against illness as well as disease. When your vibration is high, tuning intuition and following the wisdom of your heart also becomes a lot easier and more fluid. That being said, that's why clearing the toxic positivity programming can be helpful for you to become more integrated. And remember, everyone has the ability to connect to their self-healer. Activating is the key. Learning to shift from lower vibrational frequencies to higher is a process to learn, grow, and master. So be patient with yourself, everybody. Discover the ability to do so. Begin to master your light. Begin to master your light. 
Okay, everyone, that's it for now. Thanks for joining me. Please be gentle with yourself and please feel free to listen as much as you want to and calm and direct message me if you have any questions at inspiringyou.co. Thanks, everyone.